Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of Office Hours with Professor Z. I am your host, Keith Strayovi, Studio Manager of the School of Communication, Media, and the Arts at Sacred Heart University, and Adjunct Professor of Media Productions. This week, I got to sit down with Matt Krecke, first-year graduate assistant for the Broadcast Journalism... Wow, that was a mouthful. It's always hard to say. Broadcast Journalism and Media Production Program at BJMP here at Sacred Heart University. I honestly, an undergrad, I did not interact with Matt all that much. Uh, we crossed paths in his later years. He's a theater guy. Um, it, so it, it's interesting how much I have in common with him now after talking with him and finding out, you know, he was in theater and, and gaming and sports. We have we have a lot in common in that factor. So it was really great talking to him and getting to know Matt over the course of this uh, sit-down interview with him. So here it is. Enjoy this episode of Office Hours with Professor Z with Matt Krecke. Well, that's my life, so. <laughs> I mean, that's my job. <laughs> is to fix this isn't things. working. No. Like sometimes when I see Joe in the morning, I'm like, oh no, oh no, what is it? Just, just, just give it to me straight, man. His office to to yours. Like, no. You can tell. It depends on it depends on the walk. I know yeah. the certain walk or the phone call. Like oh, it's like all the exasperation in the voice. Something is bad happening, and now I need to fix things. Uh, well, good morning. Thank you for joining me. Um, thank you for having me. Please. Please, for the audience, introduce yourself and tell us what you do. What's your name and what do you do? Um, my name is Matt Krecke, and I am the graduate assistant for the broadcast journalism and media production uh, course at Sacred Heart University. And what, what else do you do, though? That's not the only thing you do. Um, I'm also a student. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I see you also have a Blue Yeti microphone. Yes, I do. I, I, <laughs> I want it to be as professional as possible for this, uh, for this podcast. <laughs> Is that your personal? Yes. Oh, mine is the shoebox one. Oh, so it's stolen. It's not stolen. It's liberated. <laughs> back, back in March when we all went into lockdown, I said, well, this isn't going to be needed for a while. I'll take this home so I Smart. can do, do excellent recordings with it while I'm at home. So uh, it's been in my possession since then because we're not using it. We're not like sharing microphones really. We're going <laughs> on them right now. So that's a good point, you know. It's a really good point. Greg has not asked where it is yet. So therefore it's not missing. <laughs> so therefore it's not missing. Well, truth be told, he's worse at that than I am. Where it's like, hey, Greg, I need this thing. Oh, it's in my house. <laughs> Can you bring it back? Okay. Next day. Greg, do you bring that thing back? Oh. Greg, I need uh, a thing for the thing. Fine. Hey, Greg, where's that mixing board? Oh. Oh, I was using it for a show. <laughs> That's how it goes. Anyways, you know, it's, it's fun doing these over Zoom when you're yeah. looking into someone else's world because I can learn so much from you just oh, by boy. looking at what's in the background. Well, I mean, for the listening audience, I haven't decided. I, I was, I'm toying with the idea of because we're doing everything over Zoom and mm-hmm. do a very uh, – um, I should do side-by-side side here. That makes it better. Do, start doing a uh, – what's it called? video version on youtube and posting them but i haven't decided yet if i'm going to do that uh anyways 
you know, you got the the sign that says sound and editing at the yes. top there. That's very, uh, where'd you pick that up at? Um, I got it from uh, for Christmas. It was in my stocking. So I have, I have no idea where it came from. Oh, very The nice. North Pole. The North Pole. <laughs> you know, I have to say, one year I got a similar thing when I was in college. My parents were, or was my parents? No, my mom was in Florida and her and her sister went to Disney. And they came back and I have a, uh, is it a Disney or Universal? It might be a Universal. It's like a clapboard, but it's like from, from Universal. So it says Universal Studios on it, but it's a clapboard, cool. like an old fashioned chalk one. Cause that was when I was in undergrad still. And I see, of course you have the Patriots, uh, Massachusetts sign up there. Oh, yep. Of course they Big did Pats not fan. They did not play yesterday. Nope. How do you feel about they, that? Um, I mean, still, even though, even though he left still a big Tom Brady fan. So I had, I had someone to cheer for last night. Um, even though the Patriots weren't winning, I mean, playing at all, but, uh, no, they know. were definitely losing. Yeah. I mean, just now, now I feel like I want to talk about that for a second. What's as a football fan, as you are, I'm, I'm presuming you're a football fan. So you have a Patriot sign in your room. Um, yeah. And with all this COVID going on, what were your thoughts before the season? And now that the season started, like, do you think it was a good idea for them to even play or, or what, you know, what were you thinking about it? Um, I mean, obviously it was nice to hear that it was coming back because it was some sense of, um, normalcy compared to what's been happening since March. Um, but at the same time, I think that they probably could have taken some better precautions, more like the NBA did in doing a bubble type of thing, because a lot of the NFL has COVID right now and... That could have been avoided. <laughs> you know, before before the season started, I listened to a podcast, uh, shout out to Freakonomics Radio, and they had a couple of people from the NFL on it. One of them was, I think, the physician. Um, and they were talking about all the things they were doing to try to contain it, and they're testing everyone daily, players, coaches, staff, office people, anyone that's in the facility is tested daily. They all have wristbands on that do contact tracing. So it's all proximity sensors. So it seems like they had a really good idea. However, I don't know that's going to work. I mean, we're in week four and we have four teams that have tested positive and have postponed and it's destroyed my fantasy team, which I'm very upset about. Yeah, I've, I, I don't personally play fantasy, but everybody that I've spoken to that does, it's just like, well, this week's just completely screwed over because, well, I mean, I had I had Mahomes, oh. yeah. you know, it's like that'll do it, and he's been outperforming for the first three weeks on fantasy expectations. Like he's been ten points over, and now uh, I was like, all right, he's not playing now. I had to find another quarterback and put in someone crappy because that's the only thing that's available. And Lasai, and also I, mean, I have um, sometimes they surprise you. I also have um, what's his face Edelman on my okay. team too. So it's just you know, double whammy. I lost yeah. the Patriots. I lost the Chiefs. I'm like, oh come on. Okay, let's get back to so so the real focus of these, uh, you know, relaunching my series here. It's like I, I like to sit down 
with Sacred Heart students that have been around, you know, been around for a couple of years and find out really about your life at Sacred Heart and how it's evolved and what you've been involved with and things like that. So, I mean, you're clearly now you're the grad assistant for BJMP, Broadcast Journalism Media Production, which is a very big mouthful to say every time I have yes. to say it. Um, I feel like we need to, first of all, I just, we need to get more concise names <laughs> to the program where it's not like, here's a really, you know, I, I get it. We, we're trying to like include everything in the title that you might do, but at the same time, it makes it hard to say what the title is, what I'm trying to explain to other people. Well, even in undergrad, when people would ask me what I do, it was still a mouse mouthful because I'd be like, oh, well, I'm a media arts major with a concentration in film and television and a minor in theater arts. So let's go, let's talk about theater arts, actually. So you have a minor in theater arts. Um, yep. I also almost had a minor in theater. I gave up on it my last semester of college. I almost did too. <laughs> well, let's uh, tell me why you almost did. Cause I'll tell you why I did afterwards. Um, so I, I was more in the world of um, tech, mm-hmm. my undergrad. Um, so I got all of the um, history of theater out of the way. I got all of the um, tech classes out of the way. And then my senior year was what was left was all of the acting classes. Now I used to act in high school, but on top of everything else that I had going on, having to memorize lines and memorize scenes and rehearse scenes. It was the most stressful thing I was doing my senior year, which was like crazy. Um, So when the second semester rolled around and it came time to choose classes, I was like, okay, I have one more theater class. Do I really want to put myself through that stress for my final semester um, as an undergrad? And I ended up doing it. Um, but it, it was a genuine thought I had. I was like, okay, well, I, I've come this far. It's one more, one more course, but like, hmm. Well, I, I, I know back, so my senior year was 2001, 2002. And I had one course left. Um, the structure was a little different then. Um, wasn't as big a program as it is now. And we, the last class that I had to take was more of a theater management class. Like we mm-hmm. had to do the, the, you know, producing, not, not the production. Like I can direct, I can tech, I can do all that stuff. I can act. Um, I did, we did all the acting classes, but this was like a lot more of the business end of it, which I wasn't as strong in and things like that. And it was, you know, I think it might've been spring semester. I really don't recall at this point. Uh, it was either fall or spring. Um, but I know like it was, one of four classes I was taking on Monday. Like I literally, all the classes I was taking that semester, yeah, it was spring semester because I was taking TV genres at 8.30 in the morning. And then I had, an, uh, that was a three-hour class. Then I had lunch. Then I had a manager's meeting for WHRT radio. And then I had a afternoon class. It might've been the theater class. So maybe it was three classes. Then I had my senior seminar at my, that was like the 6.30, the six o'clock time, the five o'clock time slot, whatever it was. And then I also had the general staff meeting for WHRT at night once a month. So, um, cause I was the manager for WHRT at the time. So it was just a lot on one day. 
And it was a Monday. It was a Monday. Mondays are hard anyway. Um, and two of those classes were, were with Jim. <laughs> so Jim, Jim taught the 8.30 a.m. TV genres class and also my senior seminar class. And it was interesting seeing him go from the 8.30 a.m. version to the, hey, this is the end of the day with only six people in the class version. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I basically made the calculus. I was like, okay. And, and I, always, I always kept them back in my head. Um, back when I was in high school, we actually had Marina Sirtis came and gave a talk at our school. Uh, if you don't know Marina Sirtis, she is Counselor Troy from Star Trek. So one of the things that I remember her saying that stuck with me was like, don't ever major in theater. You know, it's like the, the chances of making it as an actor are so little, like you need to have a real, like something that you can fall back on because the odds of making it, not to say you shouldn't go for it, but the odds of making it just in acting are so minuscule and make a good living off of it. So, you know, I had that back in my head. I'm like, also at the same time, I had quit my part-time job as well because I was focusing more on the major and I wanted to give as much time and dedication to doing things that were around the career I wanted to do, not work retail and things like that. So I was like, you know, I just don't need to see the theater class. Plus I really didn't like the guy that was teaching it. He's, he's no longer at our university. He did not get tenure uh, for many reasons. One, cause I did not vote for him to get tenure. He asked me for a recommendation. I was like, no. <laughs> um, so it was, just, it was a stress I didn't need. Like you said, it was a stress I didn't need last semester. And um, obviously everything turned out fine. So yeah, whatever. Um, I still have that background. It's not like you can take away my knowledge I have of theater. Um, you know? No, like absolutely. I mean, just the hours that I spent in the theater outside of class, like that. <laughs> oh my God. We used to Incredible. go play hide, We used to play hide and go seek in the theater. <laughs> Like we would just stay after we literally one time had a rehearsal and we just stayed after the rehearsal and just like hung out like 10 of us in the theater because the set was up. So we just were playing hide and seek around the set. That's cool. Um, and I, I, I totally miss those days because you can't, you can't do that as an adult. <laughs> you don't have the time. I mean, you were technically an adult when you, when you were doing that. An adult with responsibilities and bills. How's that? There we go. And a mortgage. <laughs> That always gets you. Okay, so so you see so you you have the theater minor, and then you have your media arts major with a concentration in film and television. I know concentrations are always it's like oh, so many different things we have to go into. Yeah. But so so with concentration in film and television, now that you're in the BJMP program, as we already talked about, like what is your what's your what's your post graduation goal? What what is it that you want to be doing? So. I, it took me all of college to figure this out. Um, but I want to work in live television um, because it has all of the technical aspects of everything that we learned about um, film and television. So the mm -hmm. cameras, the, the control room specifically for television. Um, and then the excitement of live theater because anything can happen. Um, so it's the best of both worlds. And then um, the main reason that I'm getting the master's degree is because um, after I go out into the real world and get this experience, um, I'd like to eventually teach. And that'll be a lot easier with, with the master's degree. 
Yes, it is a lot easier to teach when you have a master's. Because um, usually college wants you to be able to have one degree above what you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, well, of course, you're a doctor because you can't get higher than that. But uh, <laughs> doctors can teach doctors, I guess, whatever. Um, so you want to do, so what, what's part of live television though? Like news or um, sports or no, probably not sports because you're not doing sports comp. <laughs> so, I mean, cause there's, you know, as you know, there's a lot of, when you say live TV, there's, you know, there's obviously news and sports are the first two things that most people think of. Right. Um, news would be great. Um, definitely always something new happening in the world of news. Uh, not these days. It's pretty much all the same these days. Um, Not, nothing's happening right now. It's very, no. very tame. Very tame. Nice Definitely. little stories about puppies and, and oh. old ladies crossing the street. Oh, I love it. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also something that would interest me, again, because of the theater background, would be any of those variety shows or talent shows or like an SNL type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, okay. Just because it's the world of performance and I even from high school have always found that very interesting to cover um just because it's so interesting to watch even even in my undergrad uh doing stuff with the pulse our our news our news tv news magazine show here at the school um i pretty much always covered things that were happening in performing arts just because it's visually appealing and then it lends itself to nice natural sound a lot of the time too well, and I guess it would also help that because it's something that you're familiar with. It makes it easier to cover. You yep. know, you, it, it, I always say it's, well, not I always say, but generally speaking, if you are covering something that you have more knowledge of than the general person, you know, the things to look for. There's also a downside to that. Um, as you might've noticed with some people, I do it sometimes just in class. Like when you do have the knowledge of it, you forget that other people don't have certain knowledge and you forget to tell them yes. about certain things. And, and that's always something I, 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 in my class, especially in my podcasting class, try to drill home when they're trying to create their stories. Like you have to present this as though the person listening knows nothing about the topic because you know, you, you have people create stories and they use the acronyms or the abbreviations. It's like, okay, that's great when we're talking here. You know, and, and you even just did it right now. You did a great example. You said the pulse and you explained what the pulse was. Now, most people listening to this, generally speaking, are going to be part of Sacred Hearts community. But if someone outside of it was listening to it, that's great. Because, you know, people are going to be like the pulse. What the heck's the pulse? I don't know what that is. So um, that is always something within our genre that you have to keep in mind. So with, with you know, you said the variety shows and things like that. Of course, most of those are live to tape. I would would really say, you know, yeah, you're talking about like, um, like that, but you still have that live element because it's still there's still a perform there's a performance going on, and then you are capturing that in a live sense, and then there's post editing afterwards, right? Which and that's that's kind of what we do for the pulse, which right. is again something that I'm familiar with. Yeah. So in, in that in the uh, in the control room area, which like what's your goal? Which part of that control room do you want to be sitting in? Which chair? Um, I. I have really enjoyed directing. Um, and I, I think, again, that comes from the, the theater background because I have a specific way that I think that things should look. Mm-hmm. And then I can make that happen and then decide something you can't do with theater. 
who the audience is seeing and how closely the audience is seeing them. Yes. That is, that is definitely the magic of TV. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't show this person that fell down over there. Show this person over there instead. This, um, this weekend, uh, we actually did a recording of um, The Flick, which is the show that the uh, theater arts program is doing right now. And um, it was so interesting to see these theater actors and how detailed they actually were because now we have the, the power to get closer to them. Typically, the audience would be few feet away, even more feet away now because of, because of COVID. But just to be able to see how intense their expressions are on their face and like how small movements that they're doing um, on the stage are actually translating to how their character is feeling, which is really, really interesting. Well, as you know, as someone that's performed on stage before, you know, when you perform on stage, you have to make little things bigger anyways, because yeah. you need to project to that last person in the, in the theater, not the first person. You may, that person 300 feet away from you needs to see the same thing as a person five feet away from you. Um, so everything needs to be a little bit bigger versus, you know, if you do film and TV, you can do small little tweaks and stuff like that. And, and, um, it'll be seen by the camera because it's all about the directing at that point. I actually had one of my friends that I went to school with, you know, she, she did do, um, she was in an HBO film at one point. Like she tried getting into acting afterwards because she was in the city. And she said like the hardest part was like unlearning how to act for the stage. Two, two very different worlds. Cause you know, you stage, you project, you're big. And she was playing this like little, um, she was like a little cashier in a little shop and she had like five lines kind of thing. Like, you know, she interacted with some, so she like had to shrink things down cause she's, so, and, and that was like her note from the director, I guess was like, you know, she's too big because that's generally what we would do on stage, no matter how big the theater was. It's very interesting. Um, if you watch TV and you see people who are pretending to act in a, in a TV show, they, they go really big like that. And in a lot of cases, that wouldn't be bad acting on stage because right. the last person in the back row of this Broadway theater could see exactly what they mean. But it's funny when it's on camera because you're like so close to them and their arms are going everywhere and you're like, whoa, pull back. Right. Yeah. yeah, when you're watching on your home on your 60-inch TV, it's a lot different than when they're a little speck on stage. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Oh, we could talk about theater all day too. Jeez. <laughs> I, I think I said this the other day. I was like, I want to act again. I just have, don't have the time for it. It's like, you know, like you said, memorizing lines takes a lot of work. I mean, if you if you don't have time to memorize um, a way that I stayed on stage in my undergrad is I got involved in improv, which still gives you that kind of world of acting without having to memorize anything. <laughs> Yeah, I did actually. So when I was undergrad, we did do improv for a little bit. And then a couple of years ago, I started doing, I was like, I was like, oh, I just want to do it again. I want to get into something. So I did do improv for like, I took an improv class, like an intro to improv class to like, just get the juices flowing again. But then I didn't keep going up with it because for us where I lived, the closest place was like, an, you know, 40 minutes away. So oh, wow. it was like, you know, a significant amount of time on a Sunday, like, okay, 
to do this one hour class is three hours a time because I got to drive up there. I got to park. Then I got to go do the class. Then I got to come home, you know? So it's, it was just not that it, it was fun, but it's like when you got family and stuff like that, now you're taking up a lot of time versus like, if it was one closer by, it wouldn't be such a big um, impact on family time. It's like an eighth of your day, three hours. Exactly. And on a sun, and it was in the, like, it was a one o'clock class too. So it's like right in the middle of the day. It wasn't like bookend. Like sometimes if I can bookend things, it makes it a little, little bit more palatable because it's like, okay, it's at the end of the day. So it's like, right. here's a whole big chunk of time during the day. Now at the end of the day, I'm going to disappear and go do this thing. Or I'm just giving up sleep. It's yeah. I can give up sleep and make up for that in other ways, you know, or if I get up, I have to get up early and I'm out of the house, but I'm back before everyone's even dressed, you know, and mm-hmm. it's fine. But when it's in the middle of the day, it's really hard. And now that we have two kids, it's even harder. It's, it's like, I can't do that. Makes sense. But, but the, the, it was CT improv was the place I went. CT spelled S E A T E E. Oh, I didn't realize they did classes. My sophomore year, we did a, um, a match there against oh, yeah. like adults and it was weird but we did it uh. yeah yeah they do they do classes they do different levels they like do intro one two three you know they have a different kinds of improv but they yeah they definitely do i think that's how they make their money anyways yeah it's like there's not really that much money in improv necessarily unless you get to be a big group so yeah they do classes it was good i had a lot of fun with it um an intro as an intro class is always weird because some people are have experience and people have no experience and you're, you're in the middle somewhere and sometimes you hit it and when you have a class and you got 10 people in the class you only have that one moment to try something out when it fails you're like oh and i just think about that one thing for like hours and days and years Anyways, so again, behind you, I see there's a, uh, is that a Rebel logo? Yes. Um, so that's actually a flag um, from Galaxy's Edge the, uh, in Walt Disney World, the, the new Star Wars land that, yes. they, um, that they opened up. Um, it says Resistance and then Black Spire Outpost, which is what they call that section of Batu, the planet that you're supposed to be on there um i got to go there for spring break before everything terrible happened um oh right good good timing yeah they had some great precautions though because COVID was up and coming um it was weird no one was wearing masks probably should have been but we're fine so every everything's good but there was hand sanitizer everywhere which is something that disney should have implemented earlier if you think about how many people touch things which is like kids crazy yeah although disney in general is one of the cleanest amusement parks oh yeah you'll never see a full garbage bin or even garbage on the ground in disney oh very much on top of it but every every surface at disney is meant to be touched because they want everything to be as interactive as possible Oh, and yeah. when, when you just think about how many hands have been on that and the fact that it's in like a queue line and they probably don't clean it until the end of the day because I don't think I've ever been in a line and seen someone coming through and wiping things down. So if you're if you're standing in line at the end of the day, just think about how many hundreds of people 
touched what you're about to reach out and touch because you think, oh, that's shiny. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 12 and I like shiny things and, yeah. you know, oh, oh, now, now I have the skeevies. Sorry. Oh. So I'm guessing though that you're a Star Wars fan. Oh, big that, Star Wars fan. Yeah. Okay. Well then. If you're a big Star Wars fan, this is obviously has nothing to do with school now. We're just going on Star Wars, sorry. Because, um, hey, I got to talk to Star Wars people because it's, it's interesting because what's the best trilogy? What's your favorite trilogy? Not what's the best. What's your favorite? My favorite trilogy. Because um, best is subjective. Yeah, my favorite trilogy is the originals. Um, laid the groundwork for everything else. And... Overall, I would say that it's the the trilogy that has the le- um, least amount of flaws. Because there's things I don't like about the prequels. I honestly only really like episode three. Um, and then I, I wish that Last Jedi just didn't exist. Really? See, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind The Last Jedi. The- Wait, yeah. That's episode, wait, yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't know. I think that for that situation, if they were going to bring J.J. Abrams back to do um, Rise of Skywalker, should have done all three to be consistent because he had to undo anything he didn't like from. No, that that is 100% accurate. Like, don't switch directors in the middle of a trilogy. Right. It didn't work for The Godfather. Nope. I don't know why they did it. And that wasn't just directors. It was also just writing. Because like he gave writing ability to him. Is what, and it's just like, come on. No, you have to have consistency for the trilogy. If you're going to change directors, you need to have a producer there that's there and a creative overseer for everything like George Lucas was on the original six films or now how Dave Filoni is with like the Mandalorian and any of that TV show. Right. Cause world. you can have, you can have different directors, right? But the script needs to be consistent and the story. Mandalorian. Needs to be consistent. Great Wait. example of that. Every episode had a different director, but it, what's they TV were all series do that? together. That's what, that's a general thing about TV series though. Most TV series have different directors throughout the whole series. Cause if you look at the Witcher, it's the same way. Star Trek's always been the same way because you know, if you have, what is it, was it 10 episodes, 13 episodes? How many episodes were Mandalorian? Uh, I can look 12, it up, but I, I think 12. I think okay. it's 12. So you have 12 episodes, and each one's basically a mini movie. You can't have one person directing all those and like have the time to plan it all out. Right. But you, have, you can have 12 individual directors take their own time for each of their part of the script and then hand it off the baton and have consistency. Cause you have, like you said, the producer, you have script writing, you have the showrunner that's making sure it stays consistent. Right. Um, so man and DeLorean, I'm guessing you give that two thumbs up. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> just the way that it's shot and edited and the way that the story goes, it's very similar to that original trilogy formula, which I think is so cool that, they were able to create something like that well i think you have favreau who's a fan of the original trilogy and spearheading it and coming in and really creating that that uh let's do this consistency and and just also the 
where that takes place in the timeline, I think helps too. Yeah. Have you seen the back behind the scenes video of how they shoot the episodes? Yes. Very cool. The, uh, the giant the, screen. Yeah. The projections. That's so cool. I mean, that's, that's future filmmaking right there. Forget green screen. Let's do actual screen. And I mean, it's it, all in a way a step backwards, but a step in the right direction because they used to do projections for when people were like driving and stuff You're before right, green yeah. screen was a thing. They just have better technology now. But now you can, yeah, because you're running on the Unreal Engine and you can change the time of day where the sun is at that moment. Yeah. Because like you, you can be like, okay, oh no, it needs to be an hour later. All right, let's move the sun. And they, so and they cool. change it. And I'm like, this is amazing. Um, and now you don't have to worry about running out of daylight if you're shooting right. outside. Exactly. Because it can be whatever time you want it to be. Man, sets of the future are going to be insane. Yes. They all already are. I mean, I've seen them at the conferences and it's a crazy what the technology can do. There's definitely a cost to it, but it's amazing what can happen. Um, but you know, you're not going to do that because you're going to do TV now. So you're, you're, you're doing live TV. So although you say that now. Yeah. I mean, I like how you said uh, it took me four. it took me all my undergrad to figure out what I wanted to do. It's going to take you like another five years to really figure out what you want to do. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is I got my undergrad in film and television. Now I'm doing broadcast journalism and media production. So I have all of these different options right? because I have the experience. And all you're, of not, you're not pigeonholing yourself into anything. You have, you have options. Exactly. Sorry. I, I'm actually broadcasting from uh, next to a window and there was someone walking down the street and I just wanted to see who it was. I was like, Oh, you can see right into Bergoglio behind you. Oh yeah, yeah, you can see into the dorms. Can't you see? Yeah, it's a it's a sunny day at Sacred Heart University. The clouds have not moved at all, uh, according to this picture behind me. I mean, totally real location where I'm. You know, if I if I was really broadcasting here, I believe I'm in the road. Yeah, you're in the road <laughs> and also violating um, the pioneer promise right now with your no mask on. It's a good thing I'm safe at home and doing this episode. Uh, so I don't have to worry about that. Although I did do my campus check-in this morning. So I am clear to be on campus later today. Me too. Excellent. I will be there later tonight, I believe, if the shoot is still on that we're doing. Supposed cool. to be doing something with the marching band today. Oh, cool. That I got wrapped into. You know, that's how it happens. Which reminds myself, I need to charge the batteries for the drone. <laughs> Things I need to do that I keep forgetting about. Great. Enough about me. More about you. Um, so, oh, lost my train of thought. Sorry. Oh, I know where I'm going. This is me on a Monday morning. Not very coherent. How was your weekend anyways? Uh, my weekend was pretty good. I, yeah. um, Like I said, I, I did the shoot of the theater show and then um, yesterday was really, really nice out. So I um, I went to a few different outdoor places just to kind of get some time away from the screens because especially during quarantine, I learned that that's a very important thing to do. Um, I sleep a lot better too when you when you're away from the screen. All that all that blue light can be books, man. Harmful. Books. Yeah, I've gone back to reading paper books. Whoa. I know I've, I went retro. Cause like, I think 
I don't know when the Kindle first came out, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have a Kindle and I'm going to read everything digital. And I read a lot of stuff. I mean, I read the entire Harry Potter series on my Kindle um, and several other books on my phones and stuff. But now I've gone back to reading paper books because it is easier on the eyes um, and it doesn't require electricity. It's true. And I need to re I'm rereading Dune before the movie comes out. It's probably a lot easier to read outside too because you don't have any type of glare that is true although i don't like reading outside because it's almost too bright hmm. like i need to be in the shade because when the sun sunlight hits your page directly it is it hurts your eyes yeah you need, you need sunglasses on i'm like this is just not fun anyways i'm also an allergy guy so outside is just weird <laughs> <laughs> all right so i have i have here i have my list of, I, I'm, com- I'm trying to come up with a cool name for this. It's like the five, the five questions. I'm, I'm asking the same five questions of everyone I sit down with. Oh, so okay. yeah, this is, this is my thing. I don't, I, you know, it's like, I got to come up with a cool like name for it. You ever watch um, behind the actor's studio or inside the actor's studio? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that at the end or. Um, oh, no, I, I think what, just calling it the five is kind of like whoa. the five. Like I'm calling it, Okay, we're now it's ready for the five. These are five questions I ask every Sacred Heart student when I sit down with them. Question one. What is something that you wish your professors knew about you? Something that I wish my professor I know I'm a pretty open book. I feel like my professors know a lot of things about me. Um So you can even take it like say it's a new class say a professor you never had, something that you would want them to know right away about you to help like have a better relationship in the class. Um, I guess that I, um, I'm a hard worker. I really care about the work that I do. And, um, if there's anything that you can think that I, anything you think I can do to improve my work, please let me know. Just, I'm, I'm not going to take it as a criticism. I, I really do enjoy the feedback. That is a good attitude to have, especially in this field. Um, cause, cause you, if you want to get better, you need to take criticism. Yeah. And if you, and well, you also, like I said, you have the theater background too. So it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like we used to have rehearsal and then notes time. And I thrive on notes. All right. Question two, what is your best memory of your time at shoe? Oh, there's so many. I'm not even saying that sarcastically. There's really so many. Um, I know I, people always ask me what my favorite thing about shoe is. And I think that it goes along with my favorite memory too. It's just love the community here. So I, I genuinely just really loved spending time with people. Mm-hmm. Um, my my two best friends grace and courtney um grace is here for her grad program and um courtney's back on long island but um i i think that really just any of the time that i i got to spend with them and we were just kind of hanging out and talking and all of that some of my favorite memories excellent i know you 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 have some time before this happens but what will you miss most of when you leave shoe? The community. Yeah. 
Okay. What advice can you give an incoming freshman? Oh, I, I was an RA. So this is, this is my wheelhouse right here. I, I was a freshman RA. Um, my, my biggest piece of advice to freshmen would be to um, get involved. It's, it's the best way that you're going to find um, people that you're actually going to be friends with. You're, you might still stay in touch with the people that you met during orientation, but that was product of circumstance. You were just both happened to be in the same group. If you get involved and you get involved in things that you are passionate about, you're going to find other people that are passionate about the same things. And those are the people that you're going to get along with because you actually have things in common. Cool. Good. Well, you're an RA. That's an unfair. I gave you an unfair question there because you've already answered that many times. Yeah. A few times. And, and you are absolutely right about the, your orientation. It's like you get stuck with those people. So you naturally have a gravitation towards them just because of that. And then, you may or may not end up with friends with them afterwards. I had that same experience. And your freshman, you know, who you get roomed with freshman year is totally random. Um, so these are all truisms. If there was one thing you could change about your time at SHU, what would it be and why? I, I like to say that... Um if I had the opportunity to go back and change anything, I wouldn't because every experience that I've had has made me the person that I am today. Um, but something that I don't think would really change who I am today um, because I am involved with it, I, I just would have gotten involved with it sooner. Um, I would have joined the Pulse as a club earlier on than my uh, taking it as a class my senior year. I would have liked to get involved with that a lot, a lot sooner. Fair enough. I mean, I guess that's, you didn't know how much you would have loved it until you took it. So exactly, it's one of those things until you've experienced it, you just don't know what it is and that you're going to like it that much. So you came to it eventually and that's, that's all that counts. Um, well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's a pleasure sitting down talking with you and maybe sometime we'll roll some dice and play some D and D as well. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I need to get, I see you have the nice headphones. I actually have um, my Sony's are over here. I had to take the the cushions off of them because they were falling apart, Ooh. and they were they were because they were a couple of years old. So like the 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 ring, like eventually they start flaking, mm -hmm. and it was like I recorded like for three hours the other day, and I just had like flakes everywhere on my my face and on the floor. I was like, well, time to throw these out. So back to the earbuds yeah. for now, because these these have horrible bass. They don't have no bass. These earbuds, anyways. That's enough about my problems. <laughs> I hope you go enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I will definitely let you know when this is going to be dropping on, on the podcast channels. It's going to be on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, whatever. I don't care. It's all of them. Um, it's coming out soon. Um, cool. Anything else you want to leave us with before we go? Um, well, we talked about Star Wars, so I guess may the force be with you. <laughs> May the force be with you. What a world. What a world. Oh, that's a Schwartz. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a big Spaceballs fan, too. Professor Alicaster is not. I don't understand it. Spaceballs is so great. Okay. Like one, one quick story, because my okay. wife does not let me live this down. So one time, back before we were married, my wife had to bring her car in to the shop to get fixed, right? 
and Spaceballs was on the TV and she said later on, she's like, I just don't get it. It's not funny. And I was like, I'm like, well, that's because you've never seen Star Wars. So I was like, well, clearly the only, in my, in my logical head, like I have logic. Um, my logical head is like, well, I'm going to sit her down, show her Star Wars and then show her Spaceballs and she's going to laugh at it. It's going to, it's going to work, right? <laughs> so, so I did it all in the same day. No. <laughs> Like I made her watch Star Wars and then Spaceballs, and now she just like hates Star Wars. <laughs> I did the, I did the exact wrong thing by like over. She still married her. you though. Yeah, she did. I know, but she won't let me. She will not let this go. Um, to this day, I mean, I've gotten my son watch like I. We our cable went out. Um, well, we have internet. We don't use the cable. We just use internet streaming. But you know, during the pandemic at one point we had no internet so i was like well i have the star wars blu-rays for the original trilogy it's like i was like well we can't watch you know anything on disney or netflix right now but we can watch these he's like oh and they watched them he liked them and then after he watched the original three i was like well let's go watch episode one right he was like nope did not like it at all he he's a six-year-old kid can, did not enjoy watching the original. I mean, not the original, the episodes one, two, and three. Well, I mean, we didn't even get through episode one. So, but episodes four, five, and six, we've watched twice at least. That's, the, I know we're still going on after, like, we it's okay. did a goodbye thing, but um, that's so <laughs> unusual. Usually, people that are introduced to Star Wars um, post the prequels being made. Like I, I'm, I'm still old enough that I lived in a world without the prequels. Um, they, they usually don't have a problem with the prequels. If anything, they like it better. So that's that's super interesting that your son. Well, you, know, I, you know, I found is that because he watches like Ninjago on Netflix, which has a lot of action. It's like dialogue, action, dialogue, action. If you go back and watch the prequels, there's a lot of dialogue. In between the action like it's a it's like a and now the rules about the senate and this and it's like it's like it's over almost overwhelming how much they talk about the senate and things like that because you know everything that they set up in episode four lucas is like we need to explain all of this now and i'm gonna i'm gonna painstakingly explain every single thing i was talking about in episode four and it's like why did you include so much dialogue I mean, it, eventually, like you said, when it gets to episode three, it comes to the climax and all that stuff. It's really great. But episode one and two, and here's something that I've always hated about the transition between episode one and two. You go from Anakin being this like little boy who's basically in, in the princess is like basically, the queen is basically like his babysitter. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's that kind of relationship, like little boy, older sister, kind of relationship and then you go into the next episode and they're they're in love and there's like no build-up to it just like happens and they're having a picnic together and he's i'm like it has always always skeeved me out especially since at the beginning of that she she legitimately says no and then it happens Right, and it's because like always, it was like, "Oh, Annie, you're so cute!" And like the entire first episode, then all of a sudden, like he's old. You know, obviously, if they met old later on, like the age difference wouldn't be that big a deal. But because they, you saw that whole movie with that age difference, and it's just like, "Oh, this is so awkward." Like, why couldn't Anakin been older? 
in it, you know? Why did he have to be so young? Like, if you wanted to make that the eventual thing, he didn't need to be 12 or 10 or whatever age he was. He could have been, like, 15, and she could yeah. have been, like... 16 or yeah. 17. Like, she's a... she's a Like, you could have made her younger or him older and made them closer, like, a couple years apart, or... I don't know. It just... It, it, that has always always bothered me um and if you ever get a chance if you want to watch the prequels in a way that's not going to make you cringe there is a super cut out there where someone has cut out all of the jar jar binks that are like non-necessities to the storyline like you know all the incidentals were he were basically anywhere where jar jar binks doesn't move the storyline forward and then anywhere where jar jar binks is there they changed his voice to being an alien dialect and with subtitles Oh, so it's it's it it tightens up the first two movies significantly, especially the first one. It really tightens it up because that whole underwater scene, like that, is totally not necessary at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the oh, Misa Jaja Binks. All I mean, I feel so bad for the guy that voiced him because he got such hate mail, and it's not his fault. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, like all that stuff is just gone, and it, it's it's a much it's like a much cleaner edit um and it's just it's amazing what happens when you have someone tightening up and i I think what happened you know when you talk about the original trilogy we are totally about this is this is the post episode star wars segment it's official this is happening because i have rants (laughs) (laughs) well because you know when you talk about episode four i don't know if you have you ever seen the the um footage that was cut out of episode four i don't think so i think that i've only seen what was cut out of um uh return of the jedi well if you it's on it's on youtube and you can watch this like this whole original in the original script in the original shot he actually shot this stuff you didn't start with the fight in space you actually started on the planet with Luke being in town with his friend and having like this whole dialogue um, that was totally didn't move the plot forward. And then Luke looking up and seeing the battle happening in space from down mm. below. Like, so you started like very like, Oh, what's going on here? What's this? This doesn't mean anything. That's like, instead of just starting with a battle, like this is a brand new series starting with a battle made sense. It's like what we all think about when we think about star Wars now but instead it was like his original script was very much like, let's start with Luke. Luke's the important guy, you know? And it's I mean, like, if they had started that way, the end of Rogue One would have been very different because well, Rogue One leads right into A New Hope. Well, yeah, which is very great how they did it. Um, but you had, so you had, you know, um, the editor that really helped that story the first time because they cut a lot of that stuff out that was not necessary. And then, you know, he didn't even direct Empire Strikes Back. Or no, he didn't write it. Sorry, he didn't write Empire Strikes Back, right? Yeah, I think he didn't write it. He had a different yeah. writer. Um, and I think I think what happened in the first three, like because he was such a new filmmaker, the studio still, you know, and he had a lot of people helping him along those ways with the first three movies. I feel like when we got to episodes one, two, and three, he was such a, a presence that people didn't curtail him as much. No. And I think it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Lucas Spielberg or anybody, you know, like 
you can be brilliant, but you should, you still need guidance and someone to rein you in and things like that. And the, the other thing I do not like about the prequels is all the CGI. Yeah. Cause I the storm, the stormtroopers are CGI'd. I mean, even, um, when they do, do the re-releases of the original trilogy and like you digitally add a rock in front of R2-D2 in A New Hope so that he's hiding from Obi-Wan. It's just like, he, he wouldn't have been able to fit back there with that rock. Yes. Or you change the music in the bar or like, or no, it was in Return of the Jedi, they changed the music and it was a longer scene for the dance scene and yeah, even in episode four, you know, when they were in the bar, they added another song that wasn't part of the original. And like certain things were added because you're like, oh, I wanted to do this originally, but I couldn't. So I'm going to do it now because I can. Like, no, it was fine. Like all I needed for the digital remake was just to clean up the editing. Like literally in the original cut, when I, when I first saw episode four, when they're doing the run on the Death Star, there is a box around each X-Wing because the way they had to do the composited layering of film, you ended up having this digital artifact of a box. So as it's flying through, you saw the box around it. Yeah. Um, I might not have looked like that in the theater, but when you watch that TV at home, it certainly was there. So when I heard they're going to remaster them, I'm like thinking, oh, they're going to clean up that. They're going to do this. Or, you know, they're going to do things to make it look nicer and update the, you know, it's like digitally remastering instead of adding scenes that weren't there, adding animals that weren't there. I was like, that's, and when you take a film that's made in 1976, 77, right? 76. And then you add in digital technology from 1998. It's very obvious. Mm-hmm. And it just, anyways, that's my rant. I, it's funny. I rant about it. I still love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're allowed to complain about it because we love it. If if someone comes along and they're just like, oh, Star Wars is stupid. I don't like it. Hey. <laughs> yes, but you have to like it. You you can rant if you like if you know about things. It's like, and uh, I, you know, yes, you know when they violated their own timelines or their own continuity, but it's it's still it's a whole universe that was created and it's great and it allows for fantasy and exploration and. Uh, yeah star wars is good (laughs) and board games and things no one watched star wars (laughs) nothing done for the rest of the day yeah right no i have plenty of things to do i actually have to take my dog to the vet and i have to leave in a half hour (laughs) to get stitches out so It's all. We're not even. Got, that's a whole other topic. Too late. Okay. Again, thank you for coming today. This has been the bonus Star Wars segment. Do you have anything else to add to Star Wars? Because you are obviously a Star Wars fan. I ranted and you didn't say anything. <laughs> you said thank you for coming, like for the third time. So we're gonna end it here. <laughs> Fine. We'll do it. We'll end it here. Thanks for coming. I did it again. Bye. Thank you. Thanks again to Matt Krecke for taking the time to sit down and talk with me over Zoom as it is, but still, it was fun getting to know more about Matt. Thanks to you for listening, and wherever you get this podcast, please make sure to leave a review, give it a rating, it helps other people find it. You can subscribe to Office Hours with Professor Z wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever it happens to be. I'm also starting to post these on my YouTube channel. 
So if you look for Office Hours with Professor Z on YouTube, you'll find my YouTube channel where I'd have a lot of tutorials on there. Plus, I'm starting to put these podcasts up there, so subscribe to that for future tutorials and more podcasts if you want to watch it instead of listen to it on your headphones. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, wash your hands.